You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. Today's episode, we are talking about how to resolve chaos through mediation. I'm joined today with my very good friend, special guest, Deborah Bayless with South Florida Mediation Services. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 37 of Confident Chaos Podcast. I'm here today with one of my very special friends, Deborah Bayless. We're going to be talking about a very interesting subject that I know is going to apply to everyone. And my Partner in crime co-host Tiffany is not available today, but I promise we'll get her on here soon. It's been crazy. Life's been crazy. I don't really have a good reason as to why we haven't been podcasting, but we definitely miss our audience. We miss everyone. We promise we're going to get back into the swing of things before the holidays hit so that everybody can hear from us. But today, I'm joined by one of my very special close friends, Deborah Bayless. Hi, Deborah. How are you? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. She traveled all the way from Boca to our Fort Lauderdale studio to come here and hang out with me and to talk to you guys. So thank you for doing that. It's my pleasure. It's always a party when we talk about conflict resolution. Oh, yeah. It's a party. So before we get started about all the nitty gritty details of conflict, I want to just introduce to our audience a little bit about you. Even though she's my friend, she is has quite the resume. So I want everyone to hear a little bit about Deborah. First of all, she's a mediator. She's going to explain in a minute what a mediator is and why we all need a mediator in our lives, whether you're going through a family law issue, a medical issue, or you're just needing some help with whatever's going on in the moment. Today is definitely one of those days for me where I need a little bit of help. And so she's a Florida Supreme Court certified mediator. She focuses primarily in family. However, she also does county court and circuit civil mediations. She's the president of the Florida Academy of Professional Mediators. She's a board member of the Mediator Qualifications and Review Board, which is hosted in Tallahassee, and she's also a mediator training. Did I leave anything out as far as your resume? There's a whole host of things. There's Um, more. We could be here all day. I'm a guardian at Lightum. I am a certified divorce financial analyst, and primarily I work with couples going through a divorce um, with and without attorneys to help resolve the issues that need to be addressed in order for this cu- these couples to get divorced. And I also provide some financial support to couples going through divorce. I'm a, I'm a divorce coach as well, and um, I do some guardian ad litem work. Primarily mediation though, right? 95% of my business is family mediation. I just feel like I'm getting a headache right now just hearing you say those words like over and over and over again. So basically every day that you're working, you are trying to resolve some form of conflict. Am I right? I am in the thick of conflict day in and day out. And I work with conflict to try to resolve them one at a time. One conflict situation at a time? Correct. Or one family at a time? Well, (laughs) unfortunately, when it comes to conflict, one issue become is intertwined with another issue and you may not know what the conflict is until you dig a little deeper right hey there's a song about that it's a disney song i think i forget the name of the movie but it'll come to me before we're finished also what i think is so important about you deborah and probably a reason why you're so good at what you do is you've actually been there you're divorced am i right i've been divorced a long time and you're thriving right 
I always say there's life after divorce. Oh, yeah. And sometimes once you are divorced, you realize who you are and you realize that, that you need to be independent. And like me, so many other women or men, their careers take off. After the divorce. Correct. And it's not so much like right after the paperwork is signed, right? It takes a little bit of time. Would you agree? Everything takes time. Everything. Oh Everything yes. worthwhile takes time. Takes effort, time, and hard work. And as I tell my three children, who I love dearly, there's no such thing as a shortcut, uh, shortcut in life. Right. There's no substitute for hard work. That's good. That's really good. And your kids are doing amazing. They're 23, 21, and 15, right? 23-year-old son, first-year law student at University of Florida. Go Gators! Go Gators! Graduated, <laughs> uh, graduated law, uh, undergrad last year. I'm very proud of him. I have a daughter, 21. Well, she'll be 21 next week, so I guess she's 21. Oh, gosh, so close. She's a junior at FSU, doing very well. She actually volunteers at the um, First Judicial Circuit in the court mediation department oh I wonder where she got that from yeah no <laughs> we idea. have mediation in our blood my two oldest kids both went through county mediation training and um, I've encouraged them to use mediation in in for a job or or just to figure out in school how to help resolve conflict well, and one of the reasons I wanted, and your son, right? Let's not forget about your oh, little, little one. Oh, my little one. He's my in high school, right? Cutie. Yes, he's 15, working on getting his driver's license. Oh, gosh. And um, he's doing very well. And he actually recently asked me if he can sit in on a county mediation training class, even though he can't get certified till he's 21. He wants to p use the skills and figure out how to market himself in this world. I love it. I, I love it. You know, one of the things that we talk about on this podcast, it's been a little bit since we've been on the air, but one of the really big reasons why Tiffany and I created this podcast was to try to create an audience and a platform for people to listen to us or, you know, find another way to kind of cope and deal with whatever's going on. Because we always find ourselves stuck to the TV watching ridiculous news, not me, I don't really watch the news, but a lot of people do, sucked into all the garbage that's on social media about how, how kids should behave, shouldn't behave, good moms, bad moms, good dads, bad dads, you know, all the craziness on social media, which is all, a lot of it's bullshit, I think, anyway. And then people trying to figure out what exactly is best for them. Like, how do they navigate through a problem? How do they get over a horrific divorce case? How do they get over you know, some traumatic medical issue in their lives or a death in the family. So what I'd like to know from you, because this is actually kind of new to me, I'm always on the other side of it. You know, I'm, I'm the attorney that's litigating through the mediation process to try to figure out, hey, are we going to settle or, oh, crap, do we need to go to trial? So you're listening, right? You're listening to both sides. You're listening to the attorney sometimes. Sometimes I know you tune us out. And you're trying to come up with a path for these people to resolve conflict. Am I right? Yes, and conflict is an emotional issue. But if you really look at what conflict is, it's a puzzle and a maze of interpersonal issues. Mm -hmm. So when you figure out the core of what the conflict is, then you could figure out how to resolve it. And I work with attorneys and I work without attorneys. And often the attorneys help the situation 
And, and sometimes not, and, right? <laughs> and sometimes they make it a little bit more complicated. But at the end of the day, they're... When you're dealing with conflict, the, the problem is right in front of you. And I'm going to use family mediation as an example. You know, you're going from one household to two households. There's only a certain amount of money that can go around. And you have to figure out how that's going to get allocated so that nobody is living under a car, in a cardboard box under a bridge while the other one is living in the Taj Mahal. Right, right. And, and thinking it's okay. And thinking it's okay. Like, what do you mean you have no money? What, what's the problem here? Right. And, and, and some, of the, some of the issues that I deal with is just personal responsibility. And I think that... Wait, wait, hold on. What do you mean by that, personal responsibility? Because I could sit here and come up with a million reasons as to what the hell you're talking about. But what do you mean when you say personal responsibility? Are you talking about like accountability for your own actions? I'm talking about accountability for the conflict. Okay. It is never just one person's You mean fault. like owning it type of thing? Yes. Okay. Like conflict doesn't arise from one person because if it was only one person's fault, then there wouldn't be conflict. They would be alone on their own. Yeah. In their own world. In their own lonely world. Right. (laughs) And so when we when we first address personal accountability, what's going on within the family? What's going on that's making you not get along? Mm -hmm. Do you kind of feel like you're a therapist sometimes? No. Never. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like that all the time. I'm, like, listening to all these things. I actually had an attorney today say to me, of course, I won't say his name, can you just be my therapist for a minute? The attorney. We weren't even talking about the case. I'm like, you have enough money? Go hire your own therapist. Like, I'm working here. Like, Jesus, give me a break. So, but it's crazy, right? Like, I feel sometimes a lot of it is therapy, and I'm not a mental health professional, I nor am. do I want to be either. <laughs> I get them once all, anything that happens before mediation, I put aside. And I work with the couple, and I work with them to address anything from today going forward. And that's really what coaching is about. Yeah. Because I can't address your mental illness. <laughs> really? I can't address, you know, conflict makes people crazy. who are normal crazy. Yeah, yeah. And people who are crazy even crazier. Oh, yeah. I know. And that's what divorce brings out. It brings out the crazy in people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I sure. can't fix crazy. No. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> but I can address the issues from a business standpoint, peeling away at the emotions. Like, who's going to keep the house? Well, a house is an emotional asset that the parties own. Oh, it's my kid's first step that was in the house. Oh, gosh. And it's, it's so beautiful. I remember bringing all my baby to this house, and I, I envisioned building it with all of the money that I worked for. Okay, at the end of the day, it's four walls. Right. And you will find another house. Right. And if you can't afford it, then it doesn't matter if it's the place that your baby was brought home to. And a lot of times it's difficult for the, a couple to realize that their house is not an emo, it's an emotional asset. And sometimes it makes more sense to sell the thing move and on. move on. Right. Well, I think also when you look at a house, people think about memories between each other, not so much the children, but, you know, memories you made together as a couple. And I'm always like, 
get those out of your brain. Let's make some new memories. Move on, you know, pick up the pieces, grab your bag and move on. Granted, I'm in a great marriage. I have a lovely family. I realize I'm very special in that aspect. That's not everyone. And I know more than 50% probably after 2020 with COVID is the rate, you know, the divorce rate. Have you Googled that recently? It used to be 50%. I I feel like it's 65 now, (laughs) leaning toward divorce. There's a lot of people looking to get divorced as a result of COVID. A lot of togetherness, a lot of, unfortunately, domestic violence that's not being reported. I agree with that. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that have either lost their jobs as a result of COVID or have had reduced hours that are unable to get divorced right now. Because they can't afford because it. Because they can't yeah. afford it. They can't pay their bills. They can't pay their bills. You know, there was a time a long time ago when I first started mediating where the parties would fight to stay in the house because they weren't paying the mortgage and oh. they were just waiting to get kicked out or get offered cash for keys. So they would fight for the, whoever wanted to stay in the house until the bank took over the, 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 the residence. Now, houses, the prices are so ridiculously high that no matter what you think your house is worth, it's going to sell for more. Of course. It's a different time frame. I, I, I see that. My One of my good friends is a real estate agent. She was actually, Kelly Huguet, she was on our podcast before. And she was saying, no, pick the list price. Like, don't sit there and spend a ton of time picking the list price because it's going to sell for way over your list price. And most most neighborhoods, obviously, I know some of them aren't. But for the most part, they are. So a couple going through a divorce, especially people that are having financial issues, it's like sell it at the highest, the height of the market, right? Correct. And do it fast. Don't sit here and spend your time fighting and fighting and fighting over when you're going to sell it, how you're going to sell it, who's going to sell it. Just sell it, Right. <laughs> disclaimer we're not going to say that everyone's house is worth more than they think no that's true yeah that's true we're but, just chatting but and I'm not end, a real estate expert by any means but a lot of homes are definitely going for above the list price for correct sure. and that's the, and that's the whole issue of conflict you're fighting in this uh, you're fighting and you're tugging at the assets that you own and you have to step back and realize that they're just assets right and what does it matter if you have a retirement account. Yes, you worked hard. And that's where lawyers come into play with, when it comes to conflict. There are certain parameters and there are certain things that we have to address. And there are certain laws that apply to asset di- distribution. Right. And they apply to how you're going to spend your time with your children. And we can't ignore that. And the way to, that I address conflict is I get rid of all the noise. So I get rid of, I'm, I'm happy with either the wife or the husband or complaining to me and talking about how horrible the other person is and what happened and how you must keep this. And that's all noise because at the end of the day, it means nothing. It right? means nothing. <laughs> See, that's my question for you. I've been actually meaning to ask you this. I'm glad we're doing it here today. How are you able all day to block out all that noise? Each case that you do, because sometimes you mediate multiple cases in a day, right? Sometimes. You're not like a one mediation day kind of girl. Like whatever you can fit, you fit, right? If I work with attorneys, I typically will work on one case in a day. But if I do pro se couples without attorneys, they can't handle more than three hours at a time. Because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. We meet over several sessions. There's some homework that needs to be done. So I'll do two and three in a day. And sometimes I'll have evening hours. But what I, I really try to block it out, I have a lot of massages. 
Oh, is that what it is? What kind of massage? <laughs> I have a lot of foot. I usually get a foot massage once a week and at least a body massage twice a month. That's really cool that you're saying that because I'm like, that's a lot of noise. Like there, And it's not just noise that you're dealing with like from a work perspective. Like you can just shut it off and go home and everything's fine. You're a mom. I know you have one kid home in, in the house now, but you also have a life. You know, you have other things that take up your time, your energy, you know, your relaxation moments. If I'm trying to figure out what that means, but I, I know there are ways in the day to relax and stuff like that. But how are you able to do that? I mean, massages for sure. But like during the day, do you have any of your own personal coping mechanisms that help you? Yes. I just ignore. I you just try, shut it off. Just shut it off. This wow. is just business. Because every single divorce is the same, but every situation is different. Mm. And there's a blueprint to conflict. Address the conflict, resolve the conflict, come up with different ideas. But the conflict, it, the, what's beautiful about what I do is that it has to resolve itself. Not really. It doesn't do have you, to. Yes, it does. Not with you. I mean, it could end up in court, in trial. 95% of divorce cases resolve in mediation. I agree with that. I did 95%. Hear that. Most couples will spend twenty to $30,000 for a trial in South Florida for a divorce. Does it make sense to spend that money or save it and resolve the conflict in mediation? And not only is it 95% of cases resolve in mediation, but often a judge will send a case to mediation more than one time if they feel it's appropriate to get resolved in mediation. And of course, there's exceptions to this rule, but I do believe that mediation is the best way to resolve conflict in a legal setting. If you, if you file yourselves, right. you're going to end up in mediation. If you hire a lawyer, chances are the lawyers are going to want to resolve this in mediation because it's not only expensive to litigate, and to go to trial, but there's also a loser and a win and a winner. Yeah, that's and true. And <laughs> when you lose, you lose big. And when you win, you win big. Is that worth the risk? It's a huge gamble. No, it really is. You sound like a commercial right now. It, it really is. I mean, it is a huge gamble. But I think some people get caught, at least in my experience, get caught up in the drama. You know, they get draw. They think their life is some kind of crazy soap opera, or they're like, you know, they're about to make um, new material for a new TikTok video or something. But well, it's like they love it and they thrive off of that drama and that, you know, it keeps them going. And as a mediator and a lawyer, we're like, dude, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing here? But you know what I mean? Some that people all goes love back, it. They but love that it. all goes back to personal accountability. If you own your own story, then you won't be caught up in drama. You're able to figure out, like, the end game is just resolution how you get there if you get rid of all the drama you will get there a hell of a lot quicker oh I would agree but I think it's hard sometimes for people to let go of that drama because some people just well I think maybe maybe a little bit less now since everybody was you know shoved in their homes for so long during the quarantine period last year but what do you do when you hear people like that and they just it's drama 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 I know you say you ignore it but how do you coach them to cut that drama out so they can really focus on what's important I understand. It's, I understand how you're feeling. I understand. 
I say that a lot. That's what you say. <laughs> it's I understand. like the code word. I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, why are you feeling disrespected or, you know, devalued in your relationship? Why? Own that's the your therapy own, part. That's the therapy, the therapy part. part. Yeah. Because you're asking them to dig into whatever's going on why in their own you, brain. Right. Why do you feel you're entitled to $10,000 of alimony when the other half makes 8000 Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, like, why? Why do you feel you're more entitled than the other person? Because he or she did X and Y and Z. Okay, great. But that's not the way it works. Right. You're almost like teaching kindergarten a little bit, I feel like. Well. <laughs> not trying to minimize what you do or the clients that you or I have, but I do feel like a lot of times I'm dealing with my five-year-old who's in kindergarten and they're trying to figure out how to share the crayons on the table and they want all the crayons or they want the full box of crayons and then you're dealing with adults that are like I want the house but I can't afford the house I'm not going to give you the house I can't afford the house or I don't want to give you any of my retirement because I work really hard for it it's not yours you can't get it I want my children at my house all the time well divorce has consequences yeah and conflict has consequences. And when you don't get along, you have to move on and divide up whatever you've got. And there are, you know, Florida is an equitable distribution state. Equitable means fair, and I start every mediation out Which like this. Which a lot of people think it means equal because the, of that ridiculous vowel in the middle of the word. It's like it's an I, not an A. <laughs> right. Equitable means fair. What's fair to you, Lisa, may not be fair to me. Right. Ever. Or fair to what the court thinks either. Correct. Because it's all discretionary, but which is the, insanity. But the, you know, the presumption is we start off at 50-50 unless there's a reason for it not to be. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and I take every part of that conflict and I quantify it. So I make it about a business meeting as opposed to a drama craziness. And again, we're going back to divorce makes normal people crazy and crazy people crazier. And it brings out the crazy in people. Oh, yeah. Because they're feeling disrespected and, and, and devalued. But, and they're, and they're, they're not in control of their future. And it's emotional. I think a lot of people have a really hard time setting aside what's really important with what's just wrapped up as emotional baggage maybe maybe that's the right word for it I, I don't mean to minimize it because a lot of times the emotional issues is what prevents people from actually signing a settlement agreement right well I think they can't understand first of all some uh, some of it has to do with the fact that once you sign an agreement it's final and that comes back to it's over over accountability now you're accountable in this agreement as it's stipulated yeah definitely it's over and it's not easy for somebody to make a phone call to say I need a mediator I'm having a problem I'm having a conflict and we all have conflict oh yeah this is not just about divorce I mean no we all have conflict in our lives absolutely and a mediator will sit down and try to figure out and mastermind with these people and figure out how to resolve the conflict. But if you don't take any ownership in the conflict, it'll never get resolved. I want everything and the other person gets nothing. That is not going to work. 
No, ever, right? Ever. I mean, is it ever going to work? Well, if you got a cord and you win everything, yay. Yeah, and you spend every dollar that you've ever made in your life. Risk. Not every dollar, but a lot of your dollars getting to that point. Sure, people have a hard time, I think, seeing that end game, though. They're, they want it now. They want results. They want now, 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 now. They don't realize what it's taking to get from point A to, you know, point Z. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. And they get frustrated during the process, and they blame others, probably because they can't take accountability for their own actions. Well, when you are dealing with a, a divorce... You're not getting divorced in five minutes. You didn't get married yesterday. I mean, sometimes you did, but yeah. you don't. You know, but over years, it took a lot of times to build up the resentment and the anger and whatever the reason that you're having this conflict with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so divorce doesn't take five minutes. It's a process. And it's a process over time. There's homework that needs to be done. There are, um, there are, uh, numbers that need to be verified oh yeah that's there, a big one that's a big one there are documents that need to be provided and there and nobody gets away with doing nothing well that the double negative um you don't get away with not participating Complying. in the process right ignoring the process basically right. or, or i like to say kicking the can down the road like i'll just avoid it i'll deal with it later and then they, the can just keeps going farther and farther and farther away, and you have to run farther to catch the can. Well, most people who are in that want to do something about their conflict, and we're going to use the family right. divorce as an example. You could fight with your husband and, and wife every day for the rest of your life, or you can say one day, hot, I'm done. I want to get divorced. And when, with that action comes personal responsibility taking action and providing the documents, document discovery, yeah. and showing the statements, showing your pay stubs, showing what you own, showing what you owe, what you're spending money on, what you're making money from. Oh, you mean you have to show people what, what you're spending all your credit cards statements on? Well. And where you're getting your sources to go, uh, go to Nordstrom every Friday <laughs> and go out, take yourself out to eat to these fancy restaurants when some people just can't even pay their their monthly bills yet they have really nice shoes deb you know and they're they're eating at very nice restaurants and they think that because they're maintaining those things that that gives them a superior right to get more money when they're a single person versus a married person right well we're not getting into entitlement my office is in boca and <laughs> <laughs> i can tell i wasn't you. mentioning anything about <laughs> boca people but it happens in Fort Lauderdale, too. And I, I think it's an attitude. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, your, your environment. Well, I take that back. It is your environment. You're a product of your environment, for sure. But I also think it's a mindset where people just feel a sense of, I deserve it. That comes in with personal accountability. And I tell my Boca clients often at, you know, right when they first come into my office that, you know, alimony may be based on need and ability to pay, but... Botox is not a need. No way. Are oh, you serious? I say it as a joke because <laughs> okay. I don't, I want to address it right away. But sure. You know, like. What about like, um, I've been seeing a lot of this, sorry to cut you off, the um, like cool sculpting, warm sculpting and cryotherapy where like women and men think that it's just, it's a required necessity every month to have those things done. That's called. Fillers. Grooming. You know, all that. Grooming yeah. and. And personal, you know, personal self-care, 
that may be an important thing, but it's not necessarily something that has to cost a lot. And again, that's another issue of personal accountability. Right. Where I have seen many people who don't live within their means as a married couple. Oh, yeah. And that often causes a lot of conflict within the marriage. Sure. Because financial issues are a major concern when it comes to divorce and if you're not going to make ends meet as a married couple then how in the world are you going to make ends meet as a, in two separate homes as two separate divorced people two bills two two homes you know kid expenses kid expenses that need to be um, allocated you know when you're paying private school tuition that's like way 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 more than you can afford and you're sitting there and you're trying to make ends meet right well it's all a matter of again personal accountability if you make fifty thousand dollars and you spend 80 you're gonna have a problem with accountability as a single person sure because they probably don't even realize at the time that that's their issue (laughs) well i think that a lot that's what you tell them right what's going on here (laughs) that's another thing that's another thing in conflict i'm always i'm I always believe and I give my clients blank financial affidavits and I tell them this is the time that you're going to have to face your financial issues. Oh, yeah. If you ignore them, you can't get divorced. And facing your financial demons is a very large part of my mediation practice. I would agree with that from what you said. Yeah. No, it's difficult, though. Let me ask you something. If you were to give some advice to our audience about the best way to identify your conflict i'm not saying get to a resolution because i think that takes up that's a process like you're saying but what would you say to someone that's just having trouble figuring out what the conflict is initially just identifying what the conflict is you mean within a marriage well i'm or in a relationship i'm talking in general not necessarily like in a marriage or relationship i'm just saying generally speaking if there, if if you face con- if you don't know what the conflict is, yeah, then you need to figure out what is going on in your life that's not making you happy. There you go. Now, okay. if you're happy, and there's an issue, it's a lot easier to figure out and pinpoint what the issue is. A lot, of, oftentimes, I'll have couples coming in, and they're rambling on and on about different issues that are upsetting them, but when you step back for a minute and it's not always easy for you to, as the person in conflict to step back but speak to somebody speak to a coach speak to a therapist speak to an attorney speak to a mediator and talk out what's going on and what's upsetting you and someone else will be able to pick out what the conflict actually is so it's really just taking a step outside of kind of your own thoughts and talking to someone, just getting, voicing what's going on and letting somebody else articulate for you if you just can't figure it out. Correct. Which I think is a lot of, a lot of reasons why people have an issue, even figuring out what the conflict is because they don't see it. They can't figure it out on their own because it's literally like the big pink elephant in the room and they can't even see it, but anybody else sees it staring right in their face. But, you know, I think people put up blinders and shields and all of that to try to protect themselves as defense mechanisms. And often through the process, I think sometimes and I agree with you 100 percent. And sometimes they have their head in the sand and they don't want to know. Oh, yeah. And when you don't want to know, that's even worse. Yeah, that's definitely worse because then it's like a recipe for disaster, especially when kids are involved. It gets really, really, really bad. 
Well, I want to say a couple things. First of all, I appreciate you coming and giving us a little bit of kind of your world and what you deal with. I hope that some of the things that we were able to say today are helpful to our audience. And hopefully everybody will make sure, no matter what the conflict is, that you can figure out who you can talk to. I think we've spent a lot of time, Deborah, on this podcast talking about basically who's your ride or dies and who's the person that's going to ride with you no matter what. And, you know, who are the people that are just going to walk away when you have a problem? Get divorced. You'll find out exactly who that person is. (laughs) Okay, there you go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good advice speaking right right from the the devil themselves. It's like who's on whose aisle? Oh, yeah. You find out right away who's on you. Who's in your aisle? When you're getting divorced, you figure out whose alliances are going to be with you and whose alliance who alliances are going to be with your spouse. Oh, gosh, I I could just picture that. That's craziness. But thank you for coming. I hope that if we have any um, questions or comments for Deborah, where could everybody reach you if they wanted to uh, reach out to you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? You can call me. My number is 561-789-0710. Or you can send me an email. You can go on my website, southfloridamediationservices.com. Or you could just Google my name, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And my last name is B as in boy, E-Y-L-U-S. And you can go on to my website. There's a wealth of information there. I have a blog that I write monthly for the most part. Yeah, all of us <laughs> have like deadlines for sure. But um, and if you guys need to reach out to Deborah, you can always contact us. We'll put your contact information up on our Instagram page so people can find us. I hope that you all stay healthy and stay grounded. <laughs>